Welcome back to The Letters, a mini-series, a part of the True Crime Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Lainey. If you haven't listened to episode one, please go back and do that now. It will help everything make sense. I've debated on how to proceed with The Letters. At first, I wanted to share various inmate stories, but the person I speak to consistently is Malisha. So this season, if you will, I will be sharing our correspondence. Just to recap from episode one, I started my correspondence with Malisha over the summer. I wanted to reach out and have conversations with those who were overlooked because their crimes only made blips in the newspaper, if that. I'm not advocating or expressing support for these people or their crimes. However, I do want to share their stories. Perhaps you know someone who is incarcerated for similar crimes, or maybe this is the first time you're considering reaching out to an inmate. Whatever the case, I hope that you enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome to the letters. From Malisha. August 26, 2019. Hey Lainey, thanks for the videogram and thanks for wanting to put my story out there, somewhat. So we will first start out with my poem, Second Chance. I took a dance with darkness at a young age. The music stopped when I made a bad mistake of taking another's life. That's when I heard a new beat and accepted the light with new insights. The judge saw different and sentenced a 15-year-old to life. All I want is a second chance to show my new rhythm and new dance. A dance of maturity, even a dance of a mind that has purity. Parole would be harmony to my soul. I'm caught up in the moment. I begin to cha-cha into my womanhood. I tango into prosperity. I techno over my downfalls. No dance style can stop me from the applause, whether they want to give it to me or not. Who can judge me or continue to put me down? Even trash gets a second chance go-around. Why is society against my taking a new stance? Why can't I have a second chance? I take my bow. That's my poem I wrote. Thanks, and can you also tell them how to contact me, as well as if they write, I would need them to attach a reply stamp. From Lainey, August 28, 2019. I did get it. Your poetry is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me. I will be working on our episode together. I plan to keep it going as much as possible so you can reach out to those listening near and far. I will be putting your info in the notes so they know how to reach you. Thank you for opening up and trusting me with your story. Your family is also welcome to email me or they can search for the website and find contact information there in case you're not allowed to see email addresses for some reason. Is there anything you want to share with me about your life incarcerated? Did you start in juvenile and then transfer to an adult facility? What was that transition like? From Malisha, August 28th. Hey Lainey, how are you? I'm fine, taking one day at a time. Yes, I was in juvenile, matter of fact. I was at Griffin, RYDC from 14 until I turned 16 and had my plea sentencing to life. 
There was so much concerning my legal case as far as the same attorney that I had represented my father, Willie Mays, 14 years before I was even born. No other attorney was taking on indigent clients, and my attorney only saw me twice before I went to court to plea. Laney, Google Mass Movement or Google Requiem of the Public Defender Mass Movement, and it talks about my attorney, and if I had paid for one, I would have gotten a lesser sentence because they would have told about my abusive childhood, as well as other mitigating factors. Okay, back to my transition. It was rough coming to prison. I was house-separated from other inmates until I turned 17. When I turned 17, I was put into general population, where I had to learn a lot from the older inmates. Some took advantage of my gullibleness, and others had to teach me things like how to use tampons and clean properly, things a young lady would learn from her mother. It was a struggle, yet I made the best of it by furthering my education, doing all the groups the state of Georgia requires, and more, and even learning Spanish, as well as taking paralegal correspondence, so I can help others that can't afford legal help. But the difference with me is that I will give them my all, as if they were paying. Well, talk to you later. Have a blessed day. From Laney, August 28th. I will for sure look him up. Thank you for sharing your story. It's insane to me how callous the system can be and how it isn't really about rehabilitation at all. I can imagine being taken advantage by other inmates. There's this show on TV that shows that side of things. I'm glad you're taking classes for enrichment. I hope that keeps you busy. Who in your family do you remain in contact with, and do they come to visit you? I'm thankful that technology has advanced in a way that this type of communication between us is possible. It must make keeping in touch easier. Did they say why you were denied parole? From Malisha, August 29th, 2019. How are you, Lainey? I'm doing fine. Well, as far as parole goes in Georgia, they give everyone an overall answer to why they were denied. It used to be due to the nature of the crime you are denied parole. Everybody that has gotten denied has always wondered why they would say that because the nature of the crime will never change. Only the person will through rehabilitation, in which prison offers so little. That is why people are always coming back. Recidivism. Now, about four years ago, the parole board of Georgia had a complaint filed by a male inmate that said the statement the board was saying was offensive. So now it says, due to the circumstances of the crime, we'll see you at date when you will be looked at again, continue to do better. That's it, Laney. Every other state actually lets the inmate go in front of the board members in person so they can speak on their behalf. Sometimes the board will send a caseworker to interview lifers. I have never been interviewed, and I've been incarcerated 21 years. Even the new law that was passed for juveniles state that it was cruel and unusual punishment to hold a juvenile for the rest of their life for a crime they committed when they were young that they deserved a second chance in society. If I had money and could have hired an attorney, I wouldn't be here. Those are the facts. And the justice system was failing for the indigent in 1998. As far as my mother and family, they live in Florida. My mom comes once a year now, and I have a pen pal that supports me by coming to see me, and sometimes financially to get personal hygiene when I need it. I can say this experience I don't regret. It has helped me to become a better person, and I wouldn't change anything about it except I wish no one would have died. Talk to you later. 
from Lainey, August 29th. Good morning. How are you? I'm a bit tired, but chugging on. I had no idea you didn't go in front of the parole board. That makes no sense to me. How are you supposed to advocate for yourself if you can't speak on your own behalf? Do they think that you're the same 14-year-old? The justice system is so skewed it still amazes me, though it shouldn't. You said if you do get out, you wanted to minister the youth. How do you plan to start that? I'm judging by your first email that you've been burned by people before who want to help you, but really don't. That's why I was pretty upfront from the beginning that I don't do advocacy work. However, I do hope someone will want to help you. The parole board and prison in general needs so many reforms. What is the environment like in your pod now? Have you moved around a lot or have you been there for a while? From Malisha, August 29th. I want you as well as the audience to know that I take full responsibility of the crime I committed. I'm not trying to make lightly of what I did at that age. At the same time, I was relatively young and deserved punishment by law. The same time, the judicial system I was a victim to as well because... I and my family were poor and we couldn't afford an attorney, and the one we had represented my father in which that was a conflict of interest. And still, I nor my family had a choice but to take the defense of counsel they appointed me. I was denied again for the second time this time for three years. I met all the criteria for an inmate to make parole in the state of Georgia, to have a fifth grade level of education, good conduct report overall, groups they make mandatory, I've overachieved. I'm even a mentor for the youth that need guidance that the correctional officer staff can't give them. I even had a group of activist attorneys write a parole packet for me. I even had homes that accepted me in the state of Georgia that is on the parole board approved list, yet I was denied. If I could afford a post-conviction attorney in Georgia, that cost about five to $7,000. They would fight on my behalf, but I can't, so basically I'm in here till whenever. In this whole situation, I hurt my mother, my family, to everyone that suffered, I feel like I will always owe my life. But why not owe my life to the youth by being heard, by going to the school so they can see me? Children learn by seeing. They listen, so why not let me do this? This is literally my passion. Don't we all want to be forgiving, especially carrying this weight I've carried? My life was rough as a child. I never got to tell that side in court because my attorneys told me that it would be better to take the plea of life than waste tax money, so I was conditioned to believe. I'm going to pause the case right here so you can hear a word from our sponsors. From Alicia, August 29th. Hey, Lainey, I could advocate for myself when I came up in 2012 and gotten a six-year denial or in 2018 when I got three. The Georgia Parole Board only reviews your file and then the five members vote if you should make parole. If three of them say no, then the medium of all three of the votes determines your denial. How I would minister to the youth is going to the schools and churches telling my story. I also would go to the juvenile facilities to tell my story all over Georgia, and I would redo the way Scared Straight program is done because it does scare them. I'm currently in the faith and character dorm is religious-based, where all different faiths and walk of lives are in one dorm. 
and we learn how to respect their belief and see through their eyes to understand them. It's a spiritual journey. I love it in this dorm. I transferred here in 2012, and I've been here at Lee Arendelle State Prison for seven years. I was at Pulaski State Prison for 12 and a half years before that. Lainey, is it possible to ask the audience if they would like to reach out to me or help in any way to please contact me with a prepaid stamp attached to their email so I can respond back through JPay? Well, I hope you get all the rest you need, and thanks again for reaching out to me. Good night. From Malicia, August 31st. Hey, Lainey, how are you? I want you to know and say to the audience, my intentions are not to bash the Georgia Parole Board or judicial system or make light of my crime. It is to shed light that on all of those areas and let people see that there is a lot of mishaps in every situation and things need to change as a whole and the world has the power to change it for the best. Please, can you play the chorus and the first verse to the song on the hate you give called We Won't Move? I also came across this Mexican proverb. It says they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. Prison has made me a better person, but prison has gotten worse than when I first came into it. And I want to enlighten the world on why I'm also ready to get out of it. It's like being on the sinking Titanic. And I refuse to drown in it. I need a lifeboat. And I feel like someone in your audience will be touched by my story and throw me one. From Malicia, August 31st. Lainey, how are you? This is my second email to you today. First of all, I need to know when the episodes will be aired. I know you want my voice to be heard and I do appreciate it. You told me you have to remain a neutral party. I need to know what steps I should have my family as well as myself take regarding me wanting to also have it where if your followers want to raise money to go towards legal help for me that can be aired at the end of the last episodes for me like contacting me at the prison or they can email me at jpay and attach a reply stamp so the inmate can respond back. We have a lot to sort out and I want to know everything as far as progress of the show. Yes, in the past people acted as if they wanted to help me yet they just wanted to be nosy. I've been burnt but I've never shared with them what I have with you. My father is serving a life sentence. He has been incarcerated since I was three months old in my mother's stomach. The sad part is that the same lawyer that represented me represented my dad, and I wasn't supposed to have him. I think I told you this, but if a family member has a complaint filed against an attorney, they are not supposed to represent them. I'm never the victim of circumstances because I rise. I just want everyone to know my story. And this time, let the people be the judge of if justice is really justice. Talk to you later, Lainey. Please write me back. From Lainey, September 2nd, 2019. Hey, Malisha, hope you're doing well. I'm so sorry for the late reply. I've been away for the Labor Day weekend, but in any case, I'm preparing the episodes and hope to release them by the next month. I don't plan to change anything in your letters and will include all the information you provide to me and on the website for listeners. Did you ever talk to your dad while he's been incarcerated? From Malicia, September 3rd. Hey Lainey, how are you doing? I hope you enjoyed. I'm maintaining and taking one day at a time. Me and my father communicate a little now because I don't reach out to him as much because he was released after serving 28 years in prison for robbery. 
And he was released in 2011, and he visited me in October of that year, and we met for the first time. He was very supportive for four years, then he was arrested for violating his parole. He was arrested in 2015, and I was very upset with him. I forgive him for not ever being a part of my life due to his breaking the law. But now I choose to cut ties because I want to surround myself with people that are being productive only. Lainey, I will enclose an update of information I want presented to your audience. I'm not trying to paint myself as a victim. I want to let the audience know people change, and not everyone deserves a second chance. But I do. I'm not a lost child anymore, but a woman with direction. So I would like for anyone in your audience that wants to donate as little as a dollar to my friend's PayPal so I can get a lawyer that will help me to get a second chance. Also, I need your link again. I lost it so I can send it to my friend and family. I forgot to mention, a lot of my emotional support comes from people I met off writeaprisoner.com. I'm very thankful for that site. When I was at my low, people that I didn't know showed me love and wasn't judgmental. It gave me a sense of hope when I was in despair. From Lainey, September 4th. Hey lady, thank you for always being so thoughtful in your responses. I think no matter what you do, you will always find people who don't want to believe you've changed and that you deserve to be behind bars. I haven't looked up your case or anything because I think that conversation should happen organically. I know what it's like to not have a father in your life. My biological father was extremely abusive towards my mother and the cycle of abuse really affected my childhood. I was lucky that my mom decided to send me to live with my grandma, but things could have quickly gone sideways for me. Did your mom have a chance to send you somewhere, or was that not something she could do? I'm just curious what led you to commit your crime. One woman I'm speaking to had a very difficult home life that had a lot of abuse and drugs. She found what she thought was love and family in the streets. That led her to commit some pretty horrendous crimes, but... She's aiming to do better for herself if she is paroled. Have you had any psychological testing to determine if you are good to parole? I don't know how a parole board would determine eligibility, but I would think that some type of evaluation would help them. Your family can contact me via my website. Are they still updating your Facebook page? I can reach out to them there too. Just let me know. Talk soon. Lainey. That is where I will end our correspondence for this episode. The JPay app is very flawed, so there were times she would write me and I wouldn't see the notification. I now make it a habit to check every day. I know some people will be confused as to why I'm doing this, but I just felt compelled to do it. I don't have any other explanation other than I just want to share their stories. I'll probably say this a thousand times, but who else is going to share it? I don't have anything to gain from this whatsoever. I don't exploit these inmates as I've told them what the deal is from the beginning. If you would like to correspond with Malisha or donate to her legal fund, I'll leave her information in the show notes. If you have any questions for Malisha, she's happy to answer them. All you have to do is send me an email, tcfcpod at gmail.com, and I'll ask her on your behalf. As I said in the last episode, it's not my job to advocate for her and I would be honest with you if I felt there was something off about her in any way. And so far, there isn't. Everyone has their own opinions, and some will wonder why she has a voice, and others will understand why she does. 
But let me know your thoughts on this miniseries and if you'd like to hear more. I'd like to thank Malisha for trusting me, though I know she won't hear this. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this special miniseries from True Crime Fan Club, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and positively review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It truly does help us out. You can find me on most social media platforms, Twitter at TCFCPod, Facebook.com slash TCFCPodcast. You can also find me on Instagram, TCFC underscore podcast. And of course, our website is TrueCrimeFanClub.com. This episode was hosted by me, Lainey. Produced by Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. <laughs>